0: And hey, I'm going tell you this, bro. It's a whole lot easier to get people to go to Miami to play football than it is to get them to go to Cleveland.
1: Once again, massive news this NFL offseason. Star receiver Tyreek Hill's time with the Chiefs is over. He's
0: worth every cent that he got because someone will give it to him. Tyreek
1: Hill was a fifth-round pick. I mean, consider that.
0: ESPN
2: Radio. If you see a cheetah in Miami, don't be afraid. It's only Tyreek Hill, no longer member of the Chiefs. With Amber Wilson and Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as TuneIn and ESPN+. Plus. Five picks go to Kansas City, including first and second rounder this year. Tyreek Hill on his way to Miami. Four-year contract, $120 million extension, $72.2 million of that in guaranteed money. In other words, he can write a check, and every country. Every bank in this country would bounce when it comes to him getting that kind of deal from Kansas City. Let's bring in Nate Taylor, who is the Chiefs reporter for The Athletic. Hit him on Twitter at By Nate Taylor. He is here, thanks to Progressive Insurance. Nate, many people wanted to see Tyreek Hill stay with Kansas City, but how much of Patrick Mahomes' contract really kind of forced this deal for the Chiefs moving on from, from Tyreek Hill?
0: Yeah, Freddie, uh, thanks for having me on. I I really appreciate it. It, It's certainly an element um, when discussing how this sort of blockbuster trade came together. Honestly, though, um, the Chiefs have been dealing in a situation where they've been pushing so many chips, so many moves into, hey, let's win the Super Bowl now, right? And they really started doing that in 2019 with Tyree Kill's extension. Obviously, they re-signed Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, uh Chris Jones has a market uh high market deal as a a defensive tackle Frank Clark has or he had excuse me one of the biggest deals amongst defensive ends in the league and then of course last year in free agency uh they acquired Joe Tooney a left guard and they gave him the highest money ever for a left guard so in essence this team had about seven to eight guys who were making top of their position money and Tyreek Hill uh, saw the deal that Devontae Adams received with the Las Vegas Raiders, and then told the Chiefs, in essence, "I'm better than him. I gave you sort of a hometown discount in my last extension. I want to make the, I want to be the highest-paid receiver in the league." And the Chiefs said, "Yeah, that's not happening." Um, <laughs> <laughs> so neither side budged, and this will be in my story later today in the Athletic. But ultimately. Tyreek Hill got what he wanted because he does become the highest paid receiver in the league in it's in the league's history with the Miami Dolphins on this four-year contract essentially and the Chiefs got as many draft picks as they possibly could in their opinion for a non-quarterback star in this league and that's five draft picks obviously one in the first round uh, that originally was from San Francisco that is now in their possession uh, with pick 29 they also have pick 30 and look they get uh, a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and then a fourth and a sixth in next year's draft. So, hey, if you get five draft picks mm-hmm. for a star player who's getting closer to 30, um, that's probably as good as you could do, even though they probably wanted two first-round picks. Uh, but this is ultimately a win for Tyreek Hill, and the Chiefs are going to have to move on and just do well in the draft because, as you mentioned, with Patrick Mahomes' contract and the fact that it's going to continue to balloon over the course of this you know, 10-year extension, basically – Uh, They're going to need quality players on rookie weight scale deals.
1: Yeah, Nate, you, of course, brought up the Patrick Mahomes contract. It's a big one. He has earned every dollar of that contract, but we have seen guys like Tom Brady take discounts and adjust their contracts in order to bring in other weapons. In fact, we saw him just do it again with Leonard Fournette. We've seen him do it year in and year out during his tenure in the NFL. Do you think at some point that Mahomes starts getting some pressure to do that same thing in Kansas City?
0: it's possible. And that's certainly a good point to bring up just because um, with every year when you have a franchise quarterback, a who I would say is the most talented quarterback in the league, um, that contract, as long as the salary cap rises is going to be manageable. But at some point, and I was kind of told this uh, when the contract was signed after the 2019 season that, Hey, the first two years, are pretty team-friendly, and then Patrick will probably for the next two years make uh, pretty significant amounts of money for a quarterback because that is what he has earned over the course of his career. And I was told around year five, year six, which essentially puts us at 2023 and 2024. At some point in that time frame, Patrick is probably going to have to restructure his deal Mm -hmm. so that he can give the Chiefs more cap space so that they can go out and be, honestly, players in free agency. And this was one of the the, the hard parts, I think, for the franchise to get – its arms around. The idea that, hey, if you give Tyreek Hill an extension right now, it does create cap space for you to perhaps go out and get more players in free agency to be a, a competitor when teams are giving out, obviously, millions of dollars uh, to try to keep their rosters in championship form. But if Tyreek Hill doesn't agree to a contact extension with you and your quarterback is already set to make a certain amount of money anyway, that is going to be a large percentage of your salary cap sheet moving forward, well, then it becomes pivoting to where you know you have a quality draft class coming through and you hope your scouting department, your front office has done its necessary homework to where, hey, of those five picks you've now received from the Dolphins, can one of them, one of them be a player similar to Tyreek Hill that can extend their championship window and obviously provide another young quality player to work with Patrick Mahomes within that Chiefs offense. But – Mahomes has done everything he can do, Uh, but this is the hard part about being a general manager. When you're trying to win the Super Bowl year after year, you're going to have to make hard decisions. And this, for Brett Beast, the general manager of the Chiefs, I believe is truly the first hard decision because Tyreek Hill is a top-five receiver, and the team just decided today he's not number one on that top-five list.
2: He is Holly's husband. That is Nate Taylor, the Chiefs reporter for The Athletic. Joining us here on ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit him on Twitter. by Nate Taylor, they're going to have the 29th and 30th pick in the first round. What's the likelihood that they will take a wide receiver, Nate, with one of those picks? (laughs) A
0: (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent. Like, I'll I'll tell you this, Freddie, because this is also going to be my my story as I've tried to work the phone to get a general idea of what the franchise is trying to do. For the last two years, the Chiefs have wanted to draft a, a, a wide receiver in the first round. The problem is, None of those players were available to them after they won the Super Bowl in 2019, so they went and they drafted Clyde it And then last year, because their offensive line was in complete shambles, they traded their first-round pick as part of a package to acquire Orlando Brown, who, by the way, is also on the franchise tag. And guess what? Needs a new contract mm-hmm. um, to also create cap space for the Chiefs. So with this additional pick, I think it's very likely uh, two scenarios that are going to play out, Freddie. Either they're going to stay patient and use one of those picks, 29 or 30, to take a wide receiver, or they're going to package those picks and try to move up in the draft, somewhere in the mid-range, I would say 17 through about 24, and see if they like a pass rusher or receiver that has fallen into that range. I, I think that is a logical conclusion for where this is going to go, but in the first two rounds, I would be shocked if the Chiefs don't take a receiver just because if you can add another weapon, if you can get someone with speed, with some size, with some sure hands, and you know Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback and that's going to help that player develop over time at a quick manner, then you go ahead and do it. But you don't make this trade if you don't see somebody in the draft that you're already Googling dying at the wide receiver position.
1: Nate Taylor, the Athletic Chiefs reporter, on with us. Finally here on the way out, Nate. Tyron Matthew, I know the Chiefs didn't tag him. He tweeted out something today about egos running wild and people think that you know, has something to do with what's happening here with the Chiefs. I don't know if it does or not. He tweets a lot.
2: <laughs> Is there any chance that we're going to see
1: Matthew back with the Chiefs even though they didn't tag him?
0: You know, it's a, it's a fascinating question. You know, throughout this entire time, I've been led to believe and I've sort of reported this, that the partnership, the relationship between Tyron Matthew and the Chiefs uh, was ending. Um, By the way, he signed a three year deal for, you know, close to market setting money at the safety position. And and guess what, ladies and gentlemen, they have chosen to go elsewhere. They they found a younger player in Justin Reed who they felt that they could, you know, replace at a decent level, um, get some production, obviously develop him within their system to perhaps be a Pro Bowl playing safety uh, to replace Matthew, so where that, 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 that drop-off is mitigated. Um, is there a chance that Tyron Matthew looks at the landscape of the league and just says, hey, uh, I know the people in Kansas City. I've had good relationships with them. Obviously, you know the Chiefs are going to be considered. Maybe he could return on a one-year deal. That, that's a slight possibility. I still think the odds are against it. Um, but with a move like this today and the fact that the Chiefs now have, based on uh, projections from you guys from over the cap, they have around $30 million to play with. Okay, um, There might be a chance, and, I, and I'm going to have to do further reporting on this, that, hey, maybe Tyron Matthew could return. Um, but as it is right now, uh, I think Matthew wants to play on a contender. He might have to take a one-year deal to sort of prove himself uh, as he gets closer to 30 and then try to see if there's more money out there uh, in next year's free agency. But you'd have to say the Chiefs are a possibility just because uh, he's played the best football of his career with the Chiefs. It's just... The Chiefs have to make these decisions where, hey, he's a really good football player. Hey, he's going to cost us a lot of money. We ain't got all the money in the world because it's a salary cap league.
2: Yeah, it is a salary cap league, but it's a league that also can't stop, won't stop. Great stuff by Nate Taylor, the Athletic Chiefs reporter. Great follow on Twitter at by Nate Taylor. Joining Freddie Cohen and Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio. Nate, keep up the great work and tell hi to Holly and Hayden for us, okay? I will, I will. Thank you so much, Freddie. Right. Thank you so much, Amber. It was a it was a blast. Yeah, it was always a blast talking to Nate Taylor. By the way, you can blast us on Twitter. But keep it clean. It's a family program when it comes to Twitter, when it comes to us at Amber W seven ninety. That's Amber's handle. My handle at Coleman ESPN. The Chiefs are still a threat in the AFC, right? Whether you agree with that or disagree with that. But now how much of a threat are the Dolphins and not just in their division? That's next on ESPN radio and ESPN Plus. ESPN ESPN Radio. Radio. Amber Wilson hit her on Twitter. Amber W790. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter. Coleman ESPN part of ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80. Tune in radio and ESPN+. Plus. Hit us up anytime you want at 888-ESPN- 888-729-3776. Eight 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 You're a couple of minutes away from Amber Wilson responding to somebody involving Deshaun Watson and Tyreek Hill. That comes your way in about three minutes. But that Tyreek Hill guy, he's now the Miami Dolphins. They got a squad. That's the kind of things we see in the basketball court. They got a squad right now, Amber, in terms of Tua Law has to make this work. And a lot of people wonder if that's going to actually happen from that standpoint. I still don't know how much of a threat the Miami Dolphins are going to be in the AFC. And to be honest with you, Amber, I still wonder with all these personnel decisions they made to help out their quarterback, how much of a threat are they to the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East? Because I still wonder if to a tongue of my Lord, can make this go and make this happen to the effect that it needs to happen with the Miami Dolphins and not just in that division.
1: Oh, I would love to think that this catapults the Dolphins to the top of the AFC East. But unfortunately, it does not. Freddie Coleman, because mm-hmm. like you said, The Buffalo Bills, and they are a much better team than the Dolphins, even with this addition of Tyreek Hill and and I won't and also of Toron Armstead. I won't just make it exclusive to Hill. The Dolphins have 100% upgraded this offseason. The problem is, like you mentioned, that quarterback position. I don't know how to evaluate it. I'll get back to you after the season, but I know how to evaluate Josh Allen. And I know that dude's very good. And so for that reason, I do think that maybe now the Dolphins, you could feel comfortable, of course, putting them above the Jets. Fine. But also comfortable putting them above the Patriots. I'm good with that conversation. I'm just not willing to go there yet with the Buffalo Bills. I also think the Bills are truly, truly an elite team.
2: Yeah. And they have an elite quarterback when it comes to Josh Allen. Those words you cannot apply. That word you can't apply to Tua Tungavailoa. But now they've given him weapons. The one thing he doesn't have anymore are excuses. An RG3 ESPN football analyst says this trade changed the AFC East like this. I definitely think Buffalo is going to take it all, but I do think for Miami, it doesn't just move them closer to Buffalo, but it also improves their standings in the AFC as a whole. You got to give credit to Brian Flores for how he built the team and allowed them to be a resilient group. They didn't have Teron Armstead. They didn't have Chase Edmonds. They didn't have Ryan Molster. They didn't have Tyreek Hill. They got all these new weapons out there and they have an offensive minded head coach. So the Miami (laughs) Dolphins are going to be cooking down there. Yeah, but in the AFC, you can get cooked. When you got to deal with Cincinnati, Baltimore's going to be back because they're not going to be as injured as they were last year. you got the Indianapolis Colts of Matt Ryan. you got the Tennessee Titans with the number one seed last year. And the whole AFC West involving the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Broncos. It is not a fallacy to say with all these additions they made to help out Tua Law that the Miami Dolphins might not make the playoffs this year out of the AFC East.
1: We had a Steelers fan earlier say Mm. that he was hoping the breaking news was that his team was moving (laughs) to the NFC, and that's kind of how I feel about the Miami Uh Dolphins as well. The Miami Dolphins would certainly be able to compete in the NFC with with these additions. Uh, The AFC is just a bloodbath, and to your point, there's so many improved teams in the AFC. Does it get the Dolphins closer to being able to finally appear again in the postseason? And hey actually maybe even get a playoff win I I mean it's Uh-oh. like I've never seen it so that would be easy, unbelievable easy, you Amber, know
2: baby steps, baby easy steps
1: to get there they're certainly closer to that goal but unfortunately so are a lot of other teams in the AFC now yep. coming off of this off season already and it's only March
2: I know and, and like I said the NFL offseason the third biggest sport in the country behind college football and the National Football League she's Amber Wilson Freddie Coleman thanks for joining us. ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, series XM Channel 80 and tune in. And you got a tweet from somebody where this person connected in terms of Deshaun Watson and his situation and Tyreek Hill and his situation and both of those two dudes are with different teams.
1: So we got tweets about it. I know Emmett Golden also, who makes a lot of appearances here on ESPN Radio and hosts a local show in Cleveland on ESPN Radio there. He also tweeted out, I wonder if the Dolphins are going to get the same energy the Browns did. Not saying the Browns don't deserve it, but so do the Dolphins in regard to Tyreek Hill. This yeah. is going to happen. Tyreek Hill has, has has baggage from his, ba- he has baggage from college, mm-hmm. he has baggage from the draft, and he has baggage from the NFL as well. Right. Where this is different for me, and it, it's not different in terms of, you know, the baggage accuracy. What not I'm not parsing through that what I'm saying is with Deshaun Watson what I have never seen is in the midst of the allegations and of course the sheer number of allegations with Deshaun Watson is highly unusual but in the midst of the allegations he not only becomes the highest paid player in NFL history but he actually gets a bigger payday for having been accused of all of those things. It helped him waiting this year that it's taken him to get traded to the Cleveland Browns. The price tag on Deshaun Watson went up remarkably so. If he had gotten traded a year ago, the day he requested a trade before a single woman had accused him of anything, right. the price tag on that frankly would have been lower. Not in terms of trade assets, but in terms of the $230 million guaranteed. He probably would not have commanded that back then. It was a different quarterback market. So that's helped line his pocketbook even more. So that portion of this in terms of the optics looks really bad also the structuring of the contract where he'll only lose a million in base salary and less than that if he is not suspended for the entire season so Mm -hmm. probably you're talking a few hundred thousand bucks he's going to lose because of an NFL suspension whereas with Tyreek Hill he had the situation that he had in 2019 heinous allegations the NFL launched an investigation concluded the investigation did not suspend Tyreek Hill because they they decided that there was not enough there after reviewing the evidence so he was was not punished for that. And now years later, we're talking about him being the highest paid receiver in NFL history. I'm not defending the fact that there are those heinous allegations. I don't know if Tyreek Hill did those things or not. And there's heinous allegations in the past of a lot of players in the NFL. There's convictions. Of course, there's all sorts of stuff in the past of a lot of NFL players. What we haven't seen that stands out, though, is a pay raise in the midst of it mm-hmm. while we're still parsing through it and awaiting the punishment. That portion of it has been so odd to me, optics-wise. Yeah,
2: Margaret sent a tweet to us at amberw 790 ESPN, saying, after rightfully panning the Browns' decision to invest heavily in Deshaun Watson, why you now so supportive of Miami acquiring Tyreek Hill, giving his own off-field history? And, Margaret, you heard the explanation from Amber, and I'm with Amber on this, but, Margaret, here's something you better realize because we all live on planet Earth. When you have talent, the NFL does not care. And if the NFL can get from underneath allegations involving players because of your talent, if it's a seismic kind of talent, the NFL does not care. And you can pan the NFL, and rightfully so. You can pan the Cleveland Browns and the Miami Dolphins and before that the Kansas City Chiefs, and rightfully so. But let those teams win a championship, and nobody's going to be talking about that. Let Deshaun Watson lead the Cleveland Browns in their first ever Super Bowl, and nobody's going to remember 22 civil suits. They'll bring it up, you're going to get shouted down. Tyreek Hill has helped Kansas City win a world championship. Not a lot of Chiefs fans are talking about what happened. Before the draft and during the draft comes a Tyreek Hill because winning, as we've seen, like it or not, is the ultimate sanitizer, especially when you have talent and seismic talent both of those dudes have.
1: And Freddie, real quick, if this had happened with Deshaun Watson, if he had gotten paid like this, but it was in a few years, you know, because he's paid mm-hmm. four years early before he would have been a free agent. Absolutely. If he'd gone to the Browns and he'd been winning and he'd gotten paid in a couple years, a few years, it would have been a very different conversation. That's just the reality of the NFL. I'm not defending it. That's just right. the reality. The optics
2: would look different. Absolutely. The optics look different until you win a championship. And boy, do those optics change if that happens. Keep hitting us on Twitter. Amber W790, that's Amber's handle, my handle, the Coleman ESPN. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio. In 20 minutes, we'll talk about which team has a better shot of making the finals when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies or the Brooklyn Nets. But what is it like in Miami? Because the last time they were in the Super Bowl, Ace Ventura was the number one movie in the country. We'll get to that next. ESPN, ESPN Radio. Radio.
0: And hey, I'm telling you this, bro. It's a whole lot easier to get people to go to Miami to play football than it is to get them to go to Cleveland.
1: Once again, massive news this NFL offseason. Star receiver Tyree Hill's time with the Chiefs is over. He's
0: worth every cent that he got because someone will give it to him. Tyreek Hill was a fifth-round pick. I mean, consider that.
2: With Amber Wilson and Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series so X and Channel 80 as well as ESPN Plus presented – by Progressive Insurance. And man, oh man, talk about the Heat down in Miami. And I'm not talking about the Miami Heat basketball team near the top of the NBA Eastern Conference standings. I'm talking about the Miami Dolphins trading for Tyreek Hill, giving up five draft choices to the Kansas City Chiefs. And then they signed into a four-year, $120 million extension, including $72.2 million in guaranteed money. So you know that Jonathan Zaslow had plenty to talk about and a host of the Zaslow Show on 560 WQAM. Hit him up to the Zaslow Show. He joins us here with Freddie Cohen and Amber Wilson. When you heard about the news, Jonathan four hours ago on your Twitter hand. You just put, whoa, four hours later. How do you feel about this trade?
3: Unbelievable. First, good to be on. Always good to be on with Freddie Coleman. And, of course, uh, my favorite, my former college, <laughs> killing it, Amber Wilson, uh, nationally these days. I'm very excited. The Dolphins never have the good news. It's always the embarrassing news. The any t- Anytime that you guys talk about us, any time that we're, you know, Dolphins are on national television, I put on ESPN or any other network, it's, it's what's the latest embarrassment. And don't forget, we're only a few weeks removed from one of those embarrassments with the Brian Flores situation. Steve Ross paying to lose games. And now finally, I, just out of nowhere, in the middle of my show this afternoon, wait, wait, what? <laughs> I see this tweet from Adam Schefter. Hold on. Is this ball sack sports? This can't be real. Okay, <laughs> this, is, this is not a real rumor here.
1: And then what do you know? Within the span of like 90 minutes, it all went down. It was so cool. It was so cool. I had tweeted out, and I think this might be my first time on National, being able to talk about the Dolphins from the top of the show with good news for the Miami Dolphins, Zaz. So I totally get where you're coming from. What has been the temperature of the Dolphins fan this offseason so far? Because from what I was seeing on Twitter, and obviously now you're still a lot more plugged in than I am to that fan base what I was seeing on Twitter were yeah they were making moves they were bringing in the Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert's of the world and the Teddy Bridgewaters and they were bringing in Cedric Wilson you know some pieces that will help them then in the last 24 hours you've gotten Teron Armstead you've gotten Tyreek Hill really really big names were Dolphins fans getting frustrated with kind of the lack of big names up to this point
3: Hey, go go look at my Twitter. Just twenty four, you know, like twenty six hours ago, you know, before the Dolphins signed to Ron Armstead, where I was angry, like I was agitated that, you know, you give Chris Greer, the Dolphins general manager, all the draft picks, he can't figure out the offensive line. Okay, give him all the money, can't figure out the offensive line, and then all of a sudden they signed to Ron Armstead. So I'm like, okay, all right, this, you know, now you went from an all season where. They improve the backfield for sure, all right. But it doesn't mean anything if they still can't block this offensive line. Last year, it was the worst in the league. Tua can't do anything behind it. The running backs can't do anything behind it. So Mostert and Edmonds are really nice players, but who cares if they don't revamp the offensive line? So they signed Tron Armstead there last night, and it's like, all right, now the entire Dolphins offseason, season which was, yeah, you I know, kind of shrugged my shoulders at. Now it becomes, this is, this is an A. This offseason gets an A grade after shoring up the entire left sign because they also signed Connor Williams from Dallas. So I love this offseason now. It went from nothing, eh, kind of shrugged my shoulders, to excellent job. And now you get just this blockbuster where they have totally, totally remade this offense. So it, the, the Dolphin fan, I think, probably felt similar to me where you're sitting around and you're waiting, hey, you know, all we hear about the the end of the season and then in the off season is they have so much money to spend, but they haven't fixed the real problem. Well, they fixed the real problem yesterday with Teron Armstead, and now they're I mean now they're doing things that you never even expect.
2: He does a great job. Part of middays from ten to two p.m. Eastern time on five six WQAM. Part of the Zaslow show. He's Jonathan Zaslow joining Freddie Coleman and Amber and Amber Wilson here on ESPN Radio. You mentioned Tua a tongue of Having these weapons, when I say Tua Tungavaloa in his last year, if his, if this does not work out, what do you say?
3: Oh, absolutely. Here, here's here's the way I summed it up when this trade went down today. The Dolphins are all in, but when I say they're all in, they're not all in on trying to win the Super Bowl right now. I mean, of course, you know, making these moves. The, the end game is to win the Super Bowl is, is to be a good football team. But they are these moves. They are all in on finding out if Tua Tungavaloa is the guy mm-hmm. because now when you have all of these weapons and you got the offensive line help that's what this season clearly is now they are all in on finding out if Tua is the guy there's no more excuses we're not gonna have to wait seven years like what Ryan Tannehill to decide if he is is he not I really don't know so after this season coming up now you're either gonna know that Tua Tagovailoa he's the guy for the next 10 years and we don't have to talk about the quarterback position anymore or this is Tua's last year with the team
1: I can't believe you effectively just gave Chris Greer an A-plus rating for anything. <laughs> Nevertheless, an NFL He's allowed off-season. to get his roses. Look,
3: he's, look, he's got his warts, okay? I mean, you know, I don't care about these draft picks. They gave up for Tyreek Hill because we're striking out with those anyway. He's got his warts, but he's allowed to get his flowers today. He's done a great job last twenty.
1: He hit on a couple of those picks. He hit on Jalen Waddles, as you have to admit. Uh, finally, here on the way out, Zaz, you mentioned that it's not Super Bowl expectations this season. What are the expectations then this season after them being big money spenders this offseason?
3: Well, I, I don't mean that, that the expectations are not Super Bowl. I'm just saying like the, the, they are all in on finding out about Tua. Uh, it's interesting now because the defense was really good last year. And they spent a lot of money to bring back all of those pieces so the defense is intact and even though brian Flores is not around anymore they kept the defensive coaching staff so nothing is changing on that side and now they've completely revamped and remade this offense and you bring in a guy who you know what was it chase edmonds just the other day he's calling new coach mike mcdaniel a guru okay and everybody loves this guy so I'm not saying that the expectations aren't going to be Super Bowl, but I feel like the Dolphins, and a lot of teams are probably doing this as well, where they're taking a page out of that Los Angeles Rams playbook, and it's like, look, it, you know, we know it's copycat. This is how you build a contender. You could do it quickly. You could build it through the draft, take, a few t- take some time, or go out and get some big names, forget about the draft, and just do you know, microwave contender. And that kind of seems like what the Dolphins are trying to do.
2: He is always, always entertaining, especially when he does middays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, part of the Zazlo Show on 560 WQAM down in Miami. He is our friend Jonathan Zaslow. Hit him on Twitter as Zazlo Show. He's trying to keep his excitement down to a minimum, but it's hard to do with the kind of trade they made today for Tyree Kill. He joined Freddie Coleman and Amber Wilson here on ESPN Radio. Always big ups, Jonathan, man. Thank you again for the time and keep doing your thing, okay?
3: All right. Thank you, guys. See ya.
2: I, I, real quick, Amber, he could not contain his excitement because he is speaking for a lot of people down in Miami feeling that now we are legitimate for the first time in a long time and maybe not just in the AFC East.
1: It's It's been a difficult run here to be a yes. Dolphins fan the last 20 years. It's been a difficult run here to be a Dolphins fan over the last month, let's be honest. And that team doesn't give you much to be excited for down there, the dysfunction of that organization over the years. Mm-hmm. I know the Dolphins fan, Freddie, is just desperate for things to be excited about and finally you're getting some big names here proven names and they're definitely making the decisions you want them to make we'll see if it pans out but they're they're all in in the way that you want your organization to be all in, and that's absolutely exciting for the Dolphins fan.
2: You can know, see this up anytime you want. at triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six, or on Twitter at amber w seven ninety or at Coleman ESPN Amber Wilson Freddie Coleman here on ESPN Radio. How legit are the Memphis Grizzlies? That's next. ESPN, ESPN Radio. Radio. Amber Wilson and Freddie Coleman. thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. And plenty of people, Amber, were stunned when the world number one player in women's tennis, Ash Barty, decided at 25 years of age that she decided to walk away from tennis. She had a press conference today talking about that. And the one thing that jumped out to me, it's one thing to be at peace with your decision. She seemed really at peace with moving on from tennis, and it's not the first time that she has done that.
1: Yeah, she also stepped away when she was a junior champion. She even went on to play a completely different sport. She played professional cricket for a while and then went back and picked up a tennis racket. So maybe she's one who gets bored easily and is incredibly talented in everything. So maybe we'll see her be a world number one in something else soon. I'm frankly surprised, Freddie, we don't see more athletes do this over time, retire young, but I don't have that competitive Mm -hmm. spirit that is required to be a professional athlete. So it's not something I can relate to. So I always think of it from my own perspective. If I had to put in that much time and that much work and grind for that many years because these – People who reach this level like Ash Barty are grinding from the time they're, you know, five years old and never stopping with the training. And so, yes, of course, by 25, as young as that is, you might be burnt out for a period of time on your sport, if not forever. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we see her come back eventually. Sure. But I'm always surprised that we don't see more athletes hit walls at certain points and just think, you know what, there's something else in life I want to do. I've been doing this for a long time. We've seen it, obviously, with the Andrew Lux of the world. But I would imagine when you have that competitive spirit that drives you to that degree, it's not an easy thing to step away from your sport.
2: I wonder when we're going to hear about this when it comes to Naomi Osaka. Because I've been warning for the longest time, for somebody that has had her struggles played out, not only in real time, but for every one in the world to see. I guess I shouldn't be surprised because it gets to a point now that people aren't happy doing something, they're not going to do it. But if Ash Barty walks away at 25 years of age, and seems like she was handling everything a lot better than Naomi Osaka, depending on who you talk to. I wonder when we're going to start to hear that about Naomi Osaka because it seems that at a certain point she may just say, why am I putting up with this? I love this sport, but I don't love the everything and everyone that comes with it.
1: I mean, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in not wanting everything that comes with that life. You get paid and rewarded handsomely with the fame and the fortune, but there's a lot that comes with fame and fortune that none of us would sign up for, frankly. Mm -hmm. And that's just the truth of it. It ain't for everybody. And you always have to factor that in. And and maybe you just want to break for a period of time. I could completely understand that.
2: A lot of people told me, especially my mom and dad, that always said, if you're not happy doing something, you do not have to feel compelled to keep doing something at your expense. We got that with Ash Barty. You wonder if we're going to have that with Naomi Osaka at a certain point. ESPN radio with Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN radio, the ESPN app series XM channel 80 tune in at ESPN plus. Oh yeah. Go ahead with that. When you're John Moran at the Memphis Grizzlies, he's not going to play tonight for the Memphis Grizzlies, which means that's not going to be must see TV, not having him out there. But I will say this about John Moran. You can make that case that he's not one of the best young players in the NBA. We've gone far beyond that with John Moran and because of him, Now we start talking a little bit about Amber. Finally, in my opinion, I've been talking about this about three or four weeks. How legit is this team? Not just in the Western Conference, but maybe getting to the NBA Finals. And I'll say they're legit to this point with no super teams in the NBA, no matter what super players that we have, the way that Memphis is playing and having that kind of confidence. I don't think it is a stretch to say that this team is a legit threat in the Western Conference to get to the NBA Finals.
1: Memphis is a legit team in terms of the regular season. I'll give Uh-oh. you that. And John ja Morant is a legit superstar in the making. I don't know. Is it even in the making no, anymore, Freddie? Making. I mean, no. that dude is a superstar. He's made it. and I mean, he has made it. That is a really, really fun young team that Memphis has. And that's what happens when you hit on the second overall pick yes. in the way that they hit on in that draft. And again, not to go back to the Zion Williamson conversation, but that is always going to hang over the heads of the New New Orleans Pelicans, whatever John Morant does in his career. So far that equation ain't going well for them when they had the number one pick in that draft. But what John Morant has done is absolutely solidify him as an up and coming superstar or a superstar in this league. You have Kevin Durant out here the other day leading into this game with Brooklyn where he's just heaping all kinds of praise on John Morant. I mean, praise like we've never heard praise. I mean, he was comparing him to like, a, he said he was like a mixture of Michael Jordan and whatever the best, I don't have the quote in front of me, but uh-huh. it was, it was, it was almost too much, Katie. take it yeah. to a notch. I mean, Jaw's amazing to watch, but what are we doing? And he already called him a Hall of Famer. So I don't know if he was buttering him up before he thought he was going to see him on the court in this matchup between Memphis and Brooklyn. You mentioned Jaw won't be out there tonight for the Grizzlies. I do think that the Grizzlies are a fun young team and a very real team in terms of this regular season, obviously sitting at second in the West. The problem is that youth and experience that has served them so well in the regular season, I think might come out to bite them in the postseason. It's not that I don't think that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to end up being good and eventually make a lot of noise in the postseason. I just think postseason basketball is different. And I think that you have teams in the West that are behind them in terms of the standings that have a lot more experience competing in that postseason basketball where everything goes goes up a notch so I don't want to take anything away from what Memphis has done I think it's super cool that it's a team built by a 34 year old vice president and is coached (laughs) by a 70 or 37 year old and Taylor Jenkins like I think that's really a fun story in Memphis that they are all so incredibly young from top to bottom of that organization I just don't think frankly it's going to result in an NBA title this season
2: I'm not saying an NBA title this season it is so hard to win an NBA championship and honestly I don't really worry so much about John Moran handling playoff pressure I firmly believe he's going to be okay but it's the other guys that have to step up it's the Jaron Jacksons of the world it's the Desmond Baines of the world it's, it's it's the it's the rest of thems the quote Dabo Sweeney to paraphrase it's, it can't just be John Morant by himself as a one-man gang he's going to need the backup band he needs the guitar player to hit that solo He needs the drummer to do those fills and that's where that comes when it comes to playoff basketball but also firmly believe this when they were able to go on the road last year in that play-in game and win at Golden State, when not a lot of people other than Monica McNutt thought they were going to actually do that. I thought that was going to serve a young basketball team well to go in that environment for the first time and they played like they belonged in that situation. It's not going to be an overwhelming, overawed moment for the Memphis Grizzlies and the playoffs. They're looking at everybody else thinking, yeah, play basketball, you still got to outplay us. We're not going to give it to you. And having somebody that is as personable and as talented and a leader already, that is John Morant. There are going to be plenty of times where they're going to look to him for leadership, and he's not just going to walk away from it. He's going to embrace it. I can't wait to see how they're going to manage this because the West is still loaded, even though the East has gotten a lot better. There's still a lot of minefields that you have to deal with in the Western Conference, whether you're Memphis, Phoenix, or anybody else.
1: I don't think John Moran's scared of anything. And so you're right. I don't think he's going to be the one necessarily affected by postseason basketball. He's going to rise up to the moment, but it's, it's a supporting cast that also has to rise up to the moment. When you're talking about a postseason situation, we've seen John Moran at Madison Square Garden. We know Mm -hmm. what it looks like. John Moran is certainly not scared of the big moments. But, Freddie, if I told you Grizzlies, Warriors, if the Warriors were healthy, that's a big, big if. But if I told you Grizzlies, Warriors, is your money on the Grizz in that situation? Because the Warriors just have so much more experience. It's hard for me to ignore that.
2: That's true. But Memphis knows they can beat them in a playoff situation. I know it's only one game, but it's, it's not as if they had not had the opportunity and then did not deliver when it came to the Memphis Grizzlies. And you're right. Playoff basketball is different When you have to deal with a Game 7 or maybe you lose the first two games at home, then you got to push that boulder up that hill. So, yeah, Memphis has that happen to them. Then we'll see exactly how they're going to work. Real quick, I'll ask you this question. Who's more legit when it comes to Memphis or Brooklyn?
1: Uh well Brooklyn if they were if Kyrie was available all the time <laughs> then I would then I would say Brooklyn <laughs> frankly because yeah. I know Kevin Durant is I, I mean as great as John ja Morant is he yeah. ain't KD yet not in my eyes
2: no doubt about that NBA and ESPN Radio tonight the Lakers host the Philadelphia 76ers presented by Indeed coach begins at nine thirty Eastern time on the most ESPN radio stations Amber Wilson that's her Freddie Cohen that's me thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio Memphis has pressure. Nowhere near this quarterback in the National Football League, especially starting today. That's next.